0: What's up beautiful people, it's your girl Becky with 2Ks and you're tuning in to the second episode of the wonderfully weird yet oddly interesting podcast. And if you haven't checked out the first episode yet, I highly recommend it. That does sound a little biased because uh, it is my podcast, but I highly recommend listening to the first episode. And honestly, you can listen to the first episode uh, after you listen to this episode if you want or before, it doesn't matter. Uh, the episodes don't play off of each other in any way but the first episode i was talking about how fucking crazy it is that like we're even alive and i'm not gonna really go into it uh if you're interested go ahead and check it out if you already did check it out i hope you guys enjoyed that first episode um but in episode two i will be talking about one of my favorite movies of all time which is back to the future And in this episode, I'm only going to be touching on the first movie in the series. I do really like uh, uh, the second and the third movie as well. Um, But most recently, I mean, uh, just recently, I watched the first one uh, again after having not seen it in, I don't know, almost a decade. I haven't watched Back to the Future in in a really long time. But I was first introduced to it when I was a little girl. My mom and dad always liked the series, and (laughs) we had them on DVD. And so uh, we had all three of them on DVD. And my dad got me hip to it one day when he was watching it, and he told me I should give it a try and watch it with him. And I've always been real close with my dad, but... You know so I sat down and watched it with him and from the first time I saw Back to the Future I thought it was hilarious. I really enjoyed it. The acting is really good. The storyline is good and if you're one of those people who likes time travel and comedy then this is definitely the movie for you. Um I really enjoyed it and it became one of my favorites so fast. Like I used to watch Back to the Future all the time and um I don't know. I just decided for my birthday that I will go ahead and do something that I enjoy since the country was, you know, basically shut down because of the pandemic and everything. So I just got myself a bottle of wine, um, something to smoke, and I decided to chill out and watch Back to the Future for my birthday. So while I was watching Back to the Future... You know how when you watch something as a kid, you don't really notice so much? Like, you don't really notice everything in the movie. Um, but when you rewatch it as an adult, you start noticing things <laughs> that you didn't notice before. And this is exactly that case. So, the one question that popped into my head when I was watching a movie was, you telling me that nobody recognized Marty McFly in 1985? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. And I never noticed this plot hole until now. I never noticed that shit until now. So, basically, if you don't know, if you don't, if you're not familiar with Back to the Future, this movie uh, takes place in 1985 in Hill Valley, California. And it follows teenager uh, Marty McFly. And he's a student at Hill Valley High School. So, uh, and also he has hopes of like being a rock star and he knows how to play the guitar really well. Um, And the principal at Hill Valley High School, his name is Mr. Strickland and he just absolutely hates Marty and everything about him. Like the fact that Marty is alive probably pisses (laughs) Principal Strickland off. And he also doesn't like Marty's dad for real. Like Mr. Strickland is just a dick, honestly. And Marty has this really pretty girlfriend. Her name is Jennifer. And uh, Marty is also best friends with Emmett Brown, but Marty calls him Doc. Most people just write him off and they make a joke out of him. But Marty has like this deep appreciation for Doc. Like he's always hanging out with Doc. If he's not hanging out with Jennifer, he's hanging out with Doc. So um, Doc uh, decides that he, you know, wants to build this time machine and he builds a time machine using a DeLorean. And he tells Marty, like, hey, I'm going to need your help running some tests because I built this time machine um, and I need you to meet me at uh, Twin Pines Mall on October 26th at 1.15 a.m. Because this is when I'm going to be conducting my experiment. So Marty says, all right, but, like, I'll meet you there. So Marty goes to Twin Pines Mall, um, you know, for 1.15 and he meets up with Doc. And Doc tells him how he built this time machine using a DeLorean and how it's powered by uh, using plutonium. And Doc goes on to tell uh, Marty that he got his hands on plutonium because he made a deal with some Libyan terrorists and he promised them <laughs> that he would build them a bomb using the plutonium. But instead of Doc building the Libyan terrorists, a bomb with the plutonium, Doc used it to power his time machine and he sent them a dead bomb. And so he's asking Marty, you know, all I need you to do is hold up this camera and record me running this experiment using Einstein. Now, Einstein is Doc's dog. Um, and Einstein is like super cute, but anyway, so I, uh, so he's using Einstein for, uh, this experiment. And basically what he wanted to do was to send Einstein one minute into the future to see if it worked. So, um, you know, the, the experiment was successful. He was, uh, successfully able to send Einstein one minute into the future without him being harmed. And doc is like, cool. You know what? I'm getting ready, uh, you know, to go to the 25 years into the future. I'm trying to see, you know, all the crazy advances in what society is like at that time. You know, I'm going to be up and Marty like, all right. So right when doc is getting ready to leave, the Libyans pull up and they just start lighting his shit up and, <laughs> and doc gets shot. So Marty is panicking and he jumps into the DeLorean trying to speed off so he can get away from the Libyans. And to, you know, be able to time travel, the DeLorean has to be going like 88 miles per hour or whatever. Um, but when Marty hopped into the DeLorean and he closed the door, he accidentally turned the knob to go back in time. And he uh, he starts speeding around the parking lot at Twin Pines Mall trying to get away from the Libyans. So... He accidentally goes 88 miles per hour and travels back to the past to 1955 Hill Valley, California. And he doesn't know this at first, but he gets out and he, you know, slowly but surely starts to notice that he is not in 1985 anymore. Like, bruh, you are years away from 1985. So Marty goes into town and and he ends up going to a soda shop and when he goes into the soda shop he uh he sees his his dad um George McFly and his dad is sitting down eating a bowl of cereal and biff walks in now biff is the biggest bully in town if you weren't best friends with biff then you probably hated him he was a womanizer um, he was very stupid and he just was annoying as fuck for real. And Biff was always really mean to George McFly, which is Marty's father. And he came in and he was picking on George and, uh, you know, George just kind of ignored him or whatever. Well, he didn't ignore him, but you know, he just agreed to all the terms that Biff was saying, cause Biff was telling him like, look, bro, you finna um, be doing my homework or, you know, whatever it was, or he was mad at him. For, he, was, he was mad at him for some homework assignment or whatever the case may be. Either way, Biff was a bitch um, and he was picking on Marty's dad and Marty just watched the whole thing unfold. And so Marty decided to follow his father and see what he was doing. It just so happened that the day that Marty was following his father was the day that Marty's father was supposed to have You know, come in contact with his mom for the first time. And when he followed his dad, his dad was hanging from a tree across the street from his mom's bedroom and he had some binoculars and he was watching her get undressed. And so he kept scooting farther and farther to the edge of the branch and the branch got weaker um, as his weight started pushing more down, started pushing down on the branch. And uh, the branch broke and he fell into the street As uh, Lorraine, Marty's mother, her father, as Lorraine's father, um, was coming down the street. Now, he was going to get hit by the car, but since Marty was following George that day, he got up and he pushed George out of the way so he wouldn't get hit by the car. And Marty got hit by the car instead and hit his head on the concrete and was knocked out. When he woke up, he was in his mom's room and his mom was like, calling him Calvin Klein and everything and he's like why are you calling me Calvin Klein and she's like well that's the name on your underwear. And he's like no like you know um that's not my name but that's not important like where am I? So she tells him that he got hit by a car. He got that her father hit him with the car. Um you know and that he was, you know, in her bedroom and everything. So his mom kind of started like getting the crush on him and everything, like the way she was looking at him and the way she was getting all close to him and everything. (laughs) She, you know, you could tell that she liked him. So Marty was like super uncomfortable. So he got up, uh, he got dressed and they went downstairs and he ended up just, you know, having dinner with his mom and his grandparents, which obviously nobody knew who he was because he's just some random stranger that came into town out of nowhere. And, um, you know, he leaves out. So he ends up going to find Doc because he's like, the only way that I'm going to be able to get back to 1985 is if I find Doc and he's able to help me. So he finds Doc and he's able to convince Doc that he is Marty McFly from the future and that uh, he was able to come to the past in a time machine that Doc in 1985 built using the DeLorean and plutonium. So Doc is like okay, well, right now, like, there's no way for me to get my hands on any kind of plutonium. The only thing that would be strong enough like plutonium that could power the car would be like a lightning strike or something. And Marty tells him, well, hey, you know, check out this flyer. Um, I know, you know, and I, uh, the, the clock tower in town is supposed to get struck by lightning at this time, um, seven days from now. So Doc is like, all right, well, look, let me start getting prepared to send you back you just stay here. Don't interact with anybody. Cause if you do, you could throw something off and completely change, you know, the present. And he was like, Oh shit. Like I kind of already fucked up. <laughs> like I followed my dad and now my mom kind of got a crush on me. So doc is like, look, you finna have to go to school and try to get them back together somehow while I'm working on this shit, trying to get you back to the, uh, to the present. So Marty goes and uh, decides that he's going to go to school. So he goes to school and um, he tries, you know, he's doing everything in his power to get his mom and his dad back together. And when he's at school on the first day, he's in the lunchroom talking to his father, George McFly, and he sees his mom, Lorraine, on the other side um, of the cafeteria being harassed by Biff. So, Marty gets up and he goes over there and he tells, he gives Biff a piece of his mind. Biff stands up and he's getting ready to punch Marty in the face. And Principal Strickland comes over and he, you know, breaks it up. And so, you know, he, everybody in the cafeteria literally was watching this interaction. So, everybody saw this going on, okay? So after school that day, Marty and George um, and all, basically all of the kids from Hill Valley High are at that same soda shop. When they're at that soda shop, um, Biff, <laughs> when they're at the soda shop, Biff and George kind of get into like a little argument and Marty steps in. And when Marty steps in, he ends up punching Biff in the face and knocking Biff out. Well, he didn't really knock Biff out, but he punched him in the face, and Biff fell back onto one of the uh tables in the soda shop. And Marty just took off running. So Biff and all his friends. Now Marty punched him in front of all of the kids. All of the kids that go to Hill Valley High. Okay. At this point, Lorraine, her panties were soaking. She like, oh shit. Like, this dude, Marty, he 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 up here standing up to Biff. She just think that Marty is just this amazing, this amazing person. So, um, anyway, Marty takes off running and Biff and all his friends is chasing after him. And while he's running from Biff, he sees these two kids with some skateboards that have wooden handles on them. I mean, with some, uh, with some, uh, scooters. He sees these two kids with wooden scooters that have handles on them. So he runs over to one of them, takes the scooter, breaks the handles off of it, and starts skateboarding through town, okay? Now, mind you, this is the first time anybody, anybody has seen somebody skateboarding, okay? Everybody's impressed, like, wow, look at what he's doing. So he ends up getting away. So Marty ends up up besting Biff and getting away and avoiding getting his ass beat. So, the Night of the Enchantment Under the Sea dance comes and Marty decides to go to the dance so he can make sure that his parents share that dance and that first kiss. When he gets to the dance, um, he gets into another fight with Biff and also he ends up uh, helping the band. The lead guitarist in the band that was playing at uh, the School of Dance, he hurt his hand somehow And Marty decided that he would play the guitar so that way they could still play the song Earth Angel, which was the song his parents were dancing to um, and had their first kiss to when they went to the enchantment under the sea dance. So he plays the guitar while the uh, lead guitarist sings the, the words to Earth Angel. And after the song is over, Marty gets carried away and starts playing the song Johnny Be Good." which was uh you know he tells them before he starts playing Johnny Be Good he's like yo you know this one is a oldie but a goodie and he's like well it's an oldie where I'm from and he plays Johnny Be Good and everybody is dancing to it having a good time and then at the end of the song he just starts shredding the fuck out of that guitar and everybody's just standing there like uh like what are you doing so He's like, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I guess this is before you guys' time or some shit like that. And he's like, but your kids are going to love it. And then he walks off stage. And when he's walking off stage, um, he runs into his mom and his dad, George and Lorraine. And, you know, they're standing there. And George has his arm over uh, Lorraine's waist or whatever, her neck or whatever. And they're standing there all cuddled up. And they're saying bye to Marty. And he finally tells them what his name is and everything. But before Marty walks off, he stops and he's like, hey, like if you guys have a son and when he's like seven year, when he's like seven or eight years old, he accidentally sets the carpet on fire, you know, just take it easy on him. And then he walks off and Lorraine is standing there and she was like, hmm, Marty, I like that name. And so um, everything works out and Marty is able to uh, eventually get back to 1985. But before he left 1955, he wrote a note to Doc to let him know what was going to happen with the Libyans. So once Marty got back to 1985, he arrived at that same point in time at Twin Pines Mall around 1.15 a.m. on October 26th. So when he gets there, he sees Doc get shot and he sees his 1985 self uh escape and get to 1955 and then he sees the Libyans drive off so once he sees that whole interaction he runs up to Doc and he realizes Doc has on a bulletproof vest and Doc is like I got your note thanks a lot and so boom now he's back to 1985 my question the whole time like I said was you telling me that nobody in 1985 recognized Marty McFly from 1955 not only did you tell Goldie Wilson, you know, not only did you plant the seed in Goldie Wilson's head that he would be mayor, which he did become mayor, you also beat up the biggest bully in town. Everybody knew Biff. You beat him up in front of everybody. You bested him. You made him look stupid in front of everybody. And nobody noticed you, especially Biff, too, because when he came back, biff was working for his father biff was outside washing the car and shit you know what i'm saying you telling me biff didn't recognize the face of the person who randomly showed up out of nowhere some one one week in 1955 and made him look like an idiot i'm sorry i find that so hard to believe because i will remember the face of somebody who whooped my ass you know what I'm saying? If I was the biggest bully in town and somebody came and knocked me off my throne, how you don't remember the face of the person that beat your ass? And then on top of that, when Marty was growing up and he turned eight and he set the carpet on fire, Lorraine and George didn't sit back and think, what the fuck? Because that is such a specific thing for somebody to tell another person. You know what I'm saying? Like, why? Like, that is so random. Why would you randomly tell somebody? If your kid ever sets the carpet on fire, take it easy on him. How many times do kids really set the carpet on fire? And you telling me that George and Lorraine didn't think nothing of this shit? The only explanation I could think for that one is, though, is that maybe he threw something off by telling them in 1955 that was going to happen, so in turn it didn't happen? I don't know. But still, you telling me they didn't think that shit was weird? Like, if it did happen... And also, this random guy comes out of nowhere, plays this huge role in pushing you and your your future husband together. Like, y'all literally built a life after this week of him pushing you guys together. You stood there in 1955 and said, Hmm, Marty, I like that name. You named your son after the person who pushed you guys together. And then your son grows up to look exactly like that person who pushed y'all together. And neither one of you motherfuckers noticed this shit. Was nobody paying attention? None of that shit made sense to me. (laughs) None of that shit made sense to me. Nobody noticed Marty McFly from 1955 when he got back to 1985. And on top of that, you introduced some school in Hill Valley, California, to rock and roll. So you telling me that you, quote unquote, invented rock and roll, shredded this shit up, nobody remembers it, nobody? And I never noticed any of this until I rewatched it just, you know, a couple weeks ago. I can't believe that I never noticed any of it. And then the other question that I had that kind of came from that was, since Marty, since 1985, Marty was able to get back at that exact point in time at Twin Pines Mall at 1.15 a.m. on October 26th, how many times is he going to come back to that point in time? You know what I'm saying? Because when he comes back to that point in time, he's going to always see himself in 1985 traveling to 1955 so eventually that marty that he saw going to 1955 is going to come is going to have to come back from 1955 at some point because it was successful so how many times is that cycle going to continue or does it end right there and when i asked one of my friends this question he made a really good point he was like Well, maybe every time Marty comes back from 1955, it just opens up on another timeline from that point in 1985. So it's an infinite amount of of cycles and it just keeps going and going and going from that point in time. And it's just, I don't know, these are just things that I never thought of when I was watching Back to the Future. And it doesn't take anything away from the movie to me, honestly, because it's still a really good movie. It's still funny and very enjoyable, in my opinion. Um, And if you haven't checked it out, you definitely should watch it. But it's it's just crazy that you don't notice, you know, sometimes you don't notice these things until you rewatch it as an adult. (laughs) And I, I don't know, man, that was just wild to me because I especially with Biff, like, I feel like you're going to remember the person who beat the fuck out of you. Like He didn't even really beat the fuck out of Biff, but he bested you and he made you look stupid in front of everybody. He made you look so bad that nobody was ever afraid of you again and you ended up washing cars for one of the, you know, quote-unquote, most corny guys in the school. You don't remember his face? And then Marty's parents should be ashamed of themselves. How the fuck did they not notice that? That is... (laughs) That blows my fucking mind. They did not notice that shit. I feel like I need answers. But then again, it's Hollywood and, you know, when they make movies, they really honestly don't need answers. They just, they just give us shit and we watch it and we accept it. So, (laughs) but at least Back to the Future is actually good. So, guys, let me know, like, is this something that you noticed before Um, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people out there who had already noticed this way before me because, you know, this movie did come out in 1985. But have you ever noticed any of these things before? Is this your first time hearing about this? You know, let me know. And I hope you guys enjoyed this second episode. And I hope that you guys tune in for episode three. Um, I'm not exactly sure what this topic is going to be about for episode three, but I tell you, it'll be something very interesting. Thanks a lot for tuning in guys. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your week. Thanks a lot for tuning in to the second episode of the wonderfully weird yet oddly interesting podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed our discussion about back to the future. The first movie in the series, um, which is my favorite. I do enjoy the other two, um, but I haven't rewatched those uh, recently. But I probably will sometime soon since I did just watch the the first one a few weeks ago. But I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and I hope you guys tune in for episode three. And I hope that you guys have a beautiful rest of your week and that you guys are enjoying uh, these beautiful summer days. Even though we're in quarantine, we can still have some fun. I like painting a lot. I'm not good at it, but it's a lot of fun. Um, It's pretty calming. Me and my daughter will sit down and um, I usually keep some canvases and we've got paint and brushes and everything. And we'll sit down in the living room and make some paintings of random things. And it's usually a lot of fun. You know, you gotta keep yourself going when it gets so boring because honestly, there's only so much TV that you can watch. Um, but as I said, I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your week. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode two and you guys just stay happy during this quarantine. Bye. Bye.